and welcome to our Music Unmastered. I'm Will, and this is the internet's most modulated music podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this week's episode, we're reviewing the new album from Halado Negro. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, the news. James, what have you got for us this week? Um, I have, like, continuations of continuations again. Um, yeah, something we talk about sometimes. Like in terms of music venues, but I think, I think we talked about nightclubs before, but yeah, it's definitely more specific here. So, new data has come out from the uh, Nighttime Industries Association, the NTIA, saying that 31% of nightclubs in the UK were forced to close last year. Um, so, yeah, this article I'm looking at is from Enemy, but yeah, obviously it's it's come from the NTAIA, and they say between 2020 and March 2020 and December 2023, which is not last year, but that those last three years, um, 396 nightclubs were forced to close permanently across the UK. So yeah, that's a lot of nightclubs. Um, between the December of 2020 to 2023, um, an average of 10 closures. There was an average of 10 closures a month. Um, 97% of them were free businesses. And yeah, obviously uh, nightclubs aren't like everyone's cup of tea, but they do hold like, I think, I think a lot of people's views of nightclubs are just like bad throwback music, but nightclubs can be good and they can have good music in them. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners know that already but um yeah this probably isn't great for the music scene so obviously we've had uh covid hit and the pandemic's just kind of destroyed them um and obviously we've uh, talked about the rent being upped by um landlords as well so this hasn't been a help but the ntia um argue that it isn't just these things. It's um, neglect from the government, uh, burdensome regulations, and just insufficient support. Um, and they demand that the government takes action to give financial relief to the uh, struggling nightclubs. Um, they say that it's imperative for the government to reduce VAT to 12.5% across the board um, which will help stop closures around the country they also say that um, yeah the closures transcend mere economic repercussions um, it represents a cultural crisis endangering the vibrancy and diversity of our nightlife uh, nightclubs uh, um, serve a vital hubs of social interaction artists Artistic expression and community cohesion making their preservation imperative. So yeah, I, I think that's a good point to make actually. It's not just what goes on in the nightclub as in what music there is or what interaction you have there, but it also brings people together um, and brings joy to many people. It's, it's, not, just, it's not just a venue, it's, it's a whole event. I think it's potentially worth posing the other side of the issue as well, 
that potentially there's just been a fall off of interest in clubbing. Uh, obviously, rents being upped is a big part of it. We've talked about print works having to close because they've basically been used as a tool to gentrify an area. And now that the area is gentrified, they're basically being tossed out. Um, but I think that there is this parallel issue of Yes, the government could make things better, but I think that there's just been a shift in how people think about clubbing and going out. I think, and I had a look to see if I can find a survey to back me up because I'm working from memory, but I, th I think the research is saying that young people are just less interested in clubbing now because they feel like in some ways they can get that same experience what they feel like is the same experience online and um there is some data where uh keep hushes you going out survey uh this was i think in 2022 so just after the pandemic showed that 25 percent of 18 to 25 year olds were less interested in clubbing following the pandemic giving their main reasons as being less interested in, in drink and drugs, um, particularly in that age group from 16 to 24. Um, so I think, yes, it's partly due to rents, but I think there's this general move from kind of a lot of the people who would be going clubbing aren't really focused that much on the music, I think is the reality of it. They're going out because they're going out with their friends and they're going to drink or potentially do drugs. Um, I think if people have just reevaluated that relationship, then they're, they're just not going to go. And maybe one way to, to fix that is to focus on the music, but there's only so many venues that can support that. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't really want the government to have to get into a position where they're propping up loads of nightclubs that are ultimately not viable businesses. But also we have to make sure that the small businesses and the places where interesting creative stuff is happening is supported. So I think, yeah, it's tricky. Um, maybe some protections on rent would be good to try and like allow these places to build over time and not be just priced out immediately by landlords. But I don't know that the government stepping in now to try and save these businesses is necessarily going to be a positive step either. Yeah, I think I think the shift there is happened because of COVID, a lot of it at least. People obviously couldn't go out anymore. So they had to find new ways to enjoy have a good time basically so they stopped obviously stopped going out and enjoy things online um and yeah i, I think obviously the these businesses businesses suffered during the actual period of the pandemic but post pandemic people got used to not going out and yeah shifted their mentality and thinking i could probably just spend less money and i think that's probably Due to the cost of living crisis as well. Um, also, yeah, we all, we all want to save money. And I often feel like as well, like 
having friends over and like we plan to grow out after but at the same time it's like we might as well just stay here we're already having fun we we don't really need to go out yeah i think there's definitely been that cultural shift and i think from like my perspective i was kind of not long out of uni when the pandemic hit so i was still kind of going out clubbing pre-pandemic and then obviously we couldn't do anything and then when we left the pandemic I feel like I've only been out like a handful of times like clubbing since lockdowns have eased and I think part of that is like you've both said I kind of found other ways to socialize with friends I also kind of got a bit older and now I think also the clubs that I was going to pre-pandemic were very much like university student clubs and so the idea of me going to them now doesn't it doesn't necessarily occur to me because I just think of that as like oh it's going to be full of students that's a, that's a student experience rather than it being something that I'm like oh yeah I'd like to go and do that I'm like I don't especially want to go and be in a club with a bunch of like 18 19 year olds like I just it's going to feel a bit strange <laughs> but I think if it you know the times that I have gone out it's been for like a particular occasion and I think that they're could be more incentives for those kind of things on both sides of it so incentives from people wanting to go out and experience a night out whether that be kind of engaging with live music or something like that and then from a venue side of things maybe there being some sort of financial incentive to like support local artists by kind of they get a rent reduction if they host you know x number of local artist nights and those events are then because they're subsidized they're then free for people to attend like those kind of things I mean obviously that's you know it's much more nuanced like than that and there's lots of other things that go into it but I think that kind of opportunity could then be really worthwhile and keep some of these businesses open because they're not necessarily only relying on what I think is quite like the stereotypical idea of like a nightclub night out which doesn't necessarily appeal to the mass market in the way that it once did and I think there's, you know, these venues, I think perhaps there needs to be like a bit more experimentation in what those venues could be, you know, in terms of like, could they host live music in different ways? So not just like a, you know, gig, um, but, you know, like, I guess just different ways of hosting those kind of things. Um, and I think that would be, that would definitely be something that kind of I would be more interested in attending if it was like a you know local bands roundup or or whatever like scratch night type thing um rather than like a club night which at the grand old age of 27 how old am i 27 yeah (laughs) i'd feel weirdly old at i think that partly speaks to just generally us as music fans in our relationship with club nights is that I, i would imagine both of you have had somewhat similar experiences to me where like you say Elle, we went during university and it was probably to cheesy pop music nights that a lot of the time we didn't enjoy the music at and we were there for the company and to just be a bit silly but now even now if i want to go out with colleagues or friends and stuff it kind of ends up being similar stuff i mean maybe not the university type venues anymore but there's no real desire from 
I know a wider group to go to, and maybe this just speaks to, you know, the the people I'm friends with on a whole that, like that, I don't have a large group of friends who want to go to motion on a night out, right, and go and enjoy some like dance music or something like that. But I I think that's kind of an important thing where the pandemic provided kind of a stopping point for people to stop and say, well, am I actually enjoying this? And now if you're going back and you're thinking, well, I don't like any of the music really. I, I'm just there because other people are, and that's where you go at the end of a night. Like I think people have maybe just got more of a sense of, I don't need to do things I don't, don't enjoy anymore. Like I have the option of just going home a bit more than previously. I don't know. I feel like that's how my relationship with it has changed where I, I, I just have, have more self care than to push myself through that when I really, I don't want to do it. And the club nights that I might like to go to, I just don't have people to go with. So I'm just not going to go. I'm sorry. I'm really hung up on just like the idea of you in, in motion. I'm just really trying to picture it. <laughs> and I really can't. <laughs> I've been to motion before. It just feels really like... I mean, only for like odd things, but... I just can't picture you in motion. I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, part of the problem on that side as well is that... And, and there are loads of great people who go to these kinds of events, but a lot of it is people going out for drinks and drugs, right? So e- even if I want to just go to a club night and enjoy myself and then go home often the atmosphere is not great is what i found in the times i have been to those types of things and so it's it just ends up being off-putting whereas a gig you can go you go there's kind of a set time frame around it like you're not not it doesn't feel like i'm missing out if i'm not here until three in the morning and the atmosphere is not that so I I don't know. And to be clear, I'm not going to lots of dance music events. So maybe there are ones that are, do have really good atmospheres, aren't feeling like that. But my experience has been basically when you go to these things, you're going to have to deal with people like that. And it's not pleasant. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big part of it. I think even like pre-pandemic when I would go out, like particularly as a student, the nights I enjoyed the most were, you know, like I went to an ABBA themed night. That was class because it was just like loads of ABBA and like seven E's rock and like cheese rock. And I was like, this is just fun because it, it, there's a lot of music that you just like sing along to and that's fun. And pretty much everyone there was there to kind of have a good time in a similar way. Um, or it would be, I'd prefer to go to, there was a pub um, when I was at uni that, every I want to say like Thursday night I don't know a weekday night they would have the university's jazz funk and soul society would go and do like a uh, kind of gig there that it was just like free live music and I used to go to that all the time with my friends and that was the kind of thing I really enjoyed where you still had that live music and that experience and you could get a drink if you wanted to but because it was more of that pub setting you could also just sit down and have a chat and I think those are the kind of events that I'd be more drawn to and I think if these venues had the capability to offer kind of a more diversity of events 
maybe that'd be a way of kind of attracting a broader spectrum of people in I mean of course there are still going to be people who want like that classic club night and like there's always going to be a market for that but I think particularly if that market is shrinking there is something to be said of kind of thinking actually what else can we do with this venue and with the idea of live music or that kind of thing how can we kind of create a new schedule well back to NTIA for a response I mean, the NTIA are, of course, going to represent their members, right? And essentially, they're they're doing the right thing by backing all of the nightclubs. But quite frankly, I reckon, I mean, just thinking about the place I've been to in Bristol, I would not care at all if two thirds of them (laughs) went bust. Like, obviously, that's terrible for the people who work there. Um, They're brutal. (laughs) But like, how many nightclubs do you need playing like those pop songs from the 2000s and the 2010s, you know? Like, you don't need that many, really. <laughs> so, and, and obviously, you know, the, these closures aren't just going to affect nightclubs like that. So the, the broader picture is negative, that it's impacting on, like, actually interesting places. But, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> If you've experienced one of those nights, you know every song that's going to play, right? (laughs) You don't even need someone behind the decks. You can just put on the playlist, right? It's the same every place. You've really just talked about that longer. (laughs) You quite sweepingly, I was going to say, you've quite sweepingly, like, cut a bunch of people from their jobs with that statement. (laughs) (laughs) Survival of the fittest. He doesn't actually have the power to do it. Yet. (laughs) That's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking these nightclubs down one at a time. Will's actually behind all of these closures. I'm standing at the door turning people away. I've got like a a black, big black coat on to make me look like a bouncer. I'm saying no. Sorry, we're full. No one in there. Will, (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but it's going to take more than just a big black coat to make you look like a bouncer. (laughs) I can shave my head if that helps. <laughs> oh, i <wait> there. <laughs> right, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Phasor by Halado Negro. Released on the 9th of February 2024 on 4AD. It's nine tracks long and 35 minutes. On the Bandcamp page, it says, quote, While Phasor feels loose and expansive, it's Lange's tightest collection. Deep, atmospheric, meticulously executed. Phasor is a... a Phasor is an homage to an a go nope. Phasor is an homage to going outside again. It's a returning to life record, remembering what the sun feels like and letting it warm your skin. What do we think of this album? James, do you want to kick us off? I'd love to. Um yeah, I I, I enjoy this album this week. Um Yeah, I've listened to his previous album. I like I'm not anything beyond there, but I really enjoyed the previous album. Um, And so, yeah, I was excited for the album this week. Um, Yeah, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed it this week, but I think I felt a little bit, not disappointed, but just challenged, I guess, because it didn't feel like his, his, the album far in which I guess I was expecting and probably wasn't shouldn't have been expecting. Um, 
but yeah, th this album felt less dynamic. It felt like it had less turns. It had less. It didn't go to as many places, which, I, like I said, I was expecting. Um, but the more I listened to this album, the more I kind of really appreciated it. I feel like it's it's not really. This is the worst thing to say on a review program, but it's not one to really dig in and to review. Maybe it is, and I'm not getting it, but I feel like I could just have this album playing. I'm just relaxing, maybe sitting down on the sofa, eyes closed, listening to like on a hi-fi system and just enjoying it. It feels like the album is made to just enjoy, which kind of, um, like it said in the band, Camp description really um but yeah saying this like the vocals were lovely i really enjoyed the vocals i really enjoyed the instrumentation i really enjoyed how these things together and um, came together i enjoyed how he switched between um i'm guessing spanish spanish and um the english how he did that um I said it doesn't take too many turns, but there there are moments in the album where it gets a bit bigger, it gets more fuller, and you can really notice those moments when they come. And like when you listen back to the album, you're like, oh, is this song? It's it's what this one that does this particular thing. I would yeah, I don't I don't want to say it's like all the same, all the same throughout the album. There are moments which are similar, but they do have their distinct moments. Um. There, there were parts where I felt it was like a bit muddy and the sound was just like not what I wanted. But there were other parts which brought it back up. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the album, but it just wasn't my favourite. L, what did you think? I, I liked this album. I think I did kind of agree with you, James, that I don't think I've got it, like loads and loads to dissect about it. But I don't resent that about the album. I think actually that little Bandcamp thing was really accurate in that it says a returning to life record, remembering what the sun feels like. That's the kind of vibe I got. It feels uh, like very gentle. Um, and I guess uh, this is a contradiction, but like intentionally effortless. Like it felt like the kind of record that I can really kind of put on <laughs> And it's just like lovely and nice. And it doesn't feel like there's, you know, kind of loads and loads of, of stress happening. But actually when I kind of listened to it again and things like that, there were kind of more things that I could pick out. And there's, you know, a very deliberate, there's deliberate choices made in terms of the the structure and, you know, the mix and, and all of those kind of things. Um, but I think on like a surface level, it just sounds, yeah, very gentle. There's... Yeah, like you said, he sings in both Spanish and English. I do not speak Spanish, so I don't know what he was saying. I also did not have time to kind of look up a translation, so I don't know what was going on in the songs where he sung Spanish. Um, but his vocal delivery, I think, throughout was really, really lovely. He's got a lovely tone, and I think there's there's a real kind of uh, like genuine to his vocal delivery I don't know quite how else to explain it but it feels very real it's, it's not overly uh, kind of processed or things like that 
which I liked as a contrast to the more kind of electronic synth sounds that are put into the mix. I thought those kind of married really nicely and I enjoyed that as a as a kind of combination throughout the album. There were some kind of interesting bass lines and beats and things like that throughout. There were kind of moments where it felt almost like slightly prog rocky, which I really liked. Um, and yeah, the bits, the, the kind of lyrics I could pick out in English, there's not kind of uh, like loads but the bits that were there, I was like, oh, that's that's a really nice thing. <laughs> Again, it, it just felt this kind of like gentle and simple, but in a way that was really effective. It didn't feel kind of saccharine or anything like that. So there's a kind of longingness to the album um, that I've kind of picked out a few times in the lyrics. So kind of things like he's got a track called I Just Want to Wake Up With You and then another track called Wish You Could Be Here. And that kind of thing, I think, pervades the whole album and within the tone as well, there's this kind of gentle but consistent pulse to the record. Um, and I liked that. I thought that that kind of worked well. Um, so, yeah, I did. I enjoyed the album. I enjoyed listening to it. I think I'll definitely listen to it again. I think this is another album that I think I'm going to enjoy more when it gets sunnier and warmer just because it has that kind of vibe to it, like the Bandcamp review said about the sun touching your skin. It's got that kind of energy to it. Um, and so it was, yeah, I want to say nice. That feels, I don't know, like harsh. <laughs> it feels like it doesn't encompass much, but it was it was very gentle and very lovely um, while still having kind of tones of experimentation, which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed this album this week. It's bright airy summery and it has a really unique sound to it and i agree they'll be even better in summer but today in bristol it's been pretty sunny i think it's been the warmest it's been all year it's been about 15 degrees so it's it's almost been kind of perfect for this album um it it blends kind of r&b and pop and south american styles of music in and it, it all just comes together really nicely. Um, and I love how there's so many small details, like, everywhere throughout the whole album. Like, every song, it it kind of fizzles in a way. Like, there'll kind of be this louder section, and then it'll kind of cut out. But in in that transition, they'll throw a load of different just little things at you and Elle was talking about the synth parts I think they're really nicely introduced and and integrated into the whole of all of the songs really and and they have these nice little extra elements that make them feel a bit more expressive rather than just being kind of playing the notes at the right time with a sequencer so yeah I really enjoy it it's kind of a perfect summer album lyrically it doesn't go you know anywhere near as deep in terms of like how you can dissect it like last week but i don't think it really needs to do that it's got a great sound to it and the lyrics are good they're simple but they're effective at like ingraining an image and give you giving you an idea of what he's trying to get across from each of the songs um so overall yeah i i really enjoyed it i love the sound of this one i just want to agree with you Al, when you said it's gentle, I think that's the best word to describe it. Gentle, bright, and sweet, really. I think there are a couple of moments that 
kind of step out of that realm. I think for the most part, the album is in that kind of gentle, soft R&B kind of style. But the opening track, LFO, really has like a, a drive to it. And just the way that the bass, the guitar and the drums all kind of come together into that almost like bouncy beat, it just has this really unique energy to it. And the way his vocals sit over the top as well, and that they're, they're quite kind of one note in a way, the way that the vocals kind of are delivered. But because the beat's got that driving force to it, and because the vocals then at moments kind of have this big flourish and his voice kind of goes to different places, it all all comes together. And I mean, this this song was the one that sold me on listening to the whole album when it came out as a single, and it's great. And the other one I'd pick out as being like a, a bigger kind of moment that get, gets your attention is Wish You Could Be Here from the second half, where it is really jumpy and energetic with that quite interesting synth part in the verses. And then you get like this synth bass that's kind of pitch bending all, all over. And that, there's like extra elements thrown in. So there's, I think it's a some kind of drum machine's clave mixed in there in the percussion. It's it's just little things like that, just adding to the kind of texture of each of the songs. And kind of the moment you hear that, you think, oh, it's that track. And it helps you place them throughout the album. Yeah, I also liked both of these tracks as well. They were kind of two of my favorites from the album. I want to go back to LFO, which is also Loop Finds Liveros. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. Apologies if not. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it for a lot of the reasons you've said, Will. I also want to just kind of say this as a caveat. Like I said, I don't speak Spanish. I did not look up a translation of the lyrics. So when I kind of say like the lyrics are simple and things like that, that is in reference to the English ones <laughs> that I understand. I have no idea what kind of level of depth happens within the Spanish lyrics. There could be, you know, oceans of things happening there. Um, but yeah, that kind of vocal delivery is is so lovely that... I found that I didn't kind of necessarily need to know what the lyrics were saying. At some point, I would like to look them up just because I'm curious. But yeah, like you said, well, there's there's such a nice delivery and it, it works so well with what's happening with the rest of the sounds that it's still a really enjoyable song. And yeah, particularly I find that on Wish You Could Be Here. I I really like this one. I found this one really interesting because it has, like you said, well, that kind of almost like this strength to it. But the lyrics kind of talk uh, they kind of repeat in the the chorus just like just wish you could be here and I'm like oh that's such a lovely and, and quite simple sentiment and it also has lyrics um sun barely under clouds heat so soft it sounds like you which again I thought was just like a lovely little lyric and it's kind of that that contrasts almost with this the slight strangeness of of the sound that's happening um but in a way that, that kind of it just really works, and I enjoyed that a lot. And the, the tracks where he kind of does that more effectively, I felt were the real, like really strong on the record. Um, because yeah, like I said, his vocal delivery is, uh, I guess like slightly softer, um, and I guess like almost like sweeter. It's it's really interesting when he plays with kind of more synth sounds and pulls out strange kind of bass lines and things like that with that kind of more electronic machine engineered audio, I find that it, it just kind of contrasts really nicely with his voice um, in a way that, 
I think is a really uh, kind of interesting then soundscape to listen to. Yeah, those two songs, I think, really highlight the the vocal tone, really, especially that first track. It opens you up to to his tone if you haven't heard it before. Like, yeah, it's it's soft and it's gentle, but it's also it's lower. It He has a lower voice, but yeah, it, it has. Like, it feels genuine, like you've mentioned already. Oh, it, you can feel it. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned in track eight, wish you could be here. Um, yeah, more electronic-y, um, but yeah, it, it feels a bit more upbeat. It has a bit of more life to it than other songs. Um, I really enjoy that. Like, there's probably a better name for it, but like that falling bass sound. Uh, you just, you just he- keep hearing that electronic going down and down um that was really fun um yeah and for me it felt like it had a nice vibe to it it was relaxing fun you know my spanish is not very good but i used a (laughs) translator to get the bits i couldn't grasp but the the kind of style of the lyrics are quite similar in in the songs that he's written in spanish where it's it's kind of these short phrases that kind of maybe allude to a bigger picture, but don't necessarily like give you all of the breadcrumbs to get you there. So, I mean, I obviously I'm not as a non-native speaker, I'm not getting the full picture of what he's trying to get across and kind of the, maybe not getting the metaphors, but from what I can tell, it's quite similar. Um, that first track though, um, Lupe finds Oliveros, uh, is actually a, a reference, and I only know this because it came up on Stereo Gum when the f- single first came out. Lupe is a reference to Lupe Lopez, who was a Mexican-American woman who built amplifiers for Fender in the 1950s. And uh, Pauline Oliveros was an el- electronic experimental composer. Um, So it's a reference to two women in music technology. Um, so that that's where those two come from. That's really cool. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I also that's then really interesting about the um, Lupe finds Oliveros, like the use of finds in that, like almost the idea that they kind of found each other and then were able to kind of create something from that, like the idea of a, a partnership within music. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it definitely makes me want to read into the story now. And yeah, it's nice that he he has a song basically named named after that situation. That's pretty cool. I want to talk about some of the drum tones on the album. Um, I think they're uh, amazing throughout. Basically, like on I just want to wake up with you. Uh, just the way that the drum beat builds. I mean, obviously the tone of it's beautiful, but then you have like in in the main groove, you have this like implied kick at the end where it it kind of shuffles and then you think there's going to be another one and it just kind of leaves it with the high hats. I love that, that feeling because it gives the whole beat this kind of swing to it. And then it, it builds up with snare rolls coming in this like almost bell like symbol in there in the second verse. Um, it works really well. And then across the album, you get stuff like this, like on Colores Del Mar, you get these very hip hop sounding drums and they start off being kind of, very tight and snappy and then the main beat comes in and it's like this big boom bap style kit to it 
it, it yeah, just works really well. Um, and then on the back half of the album, you get more and more as it goes on, like of these synth drum timbres. So on out there, you get this like synth cowbell, which I don't recognize it from any particular drum machine. So I don't know if he's like synthesized his own one or if it's just from something I don't recognize, but it has a cool tone to it. And then I think I already mentioned the clave and wish he could be here. Um, but I really liked all of those different elements. Like it, and it does kind of give the album a progression as well, because it does feel like it's getting more and more electronic as things are going on. I would call the percussion like really satisfying, especially in Chloris do Del Mar. Um, yeah, just how the percussion sat under the vocals as well, like the harmonies, how they were in different channels, and just it, it gave the song nice structure, really. Um, but remained like relaxing and enjoyable. Oh, one extra track that I didn't mention there is on Echo Tricks Me. I mean, just the sound of it in general, like the flanging guitar that plays, just the whole, like, the whole result is very trippy. But I, I was trying to figure out, and maybe I need to pull it into a door to think about this, where is the kick playing in the beat? Oh, yeah. Like, did, it, did anyone suss that out? It's Because it, it definitely, it's got a rhythm to it, and it feels like it matches, but it, it doesn't feel like it's hitting on like any particular thing if you know what i mean yeah well and i've written out of sync but kind of not really <laughs> so yeah um i had the same feeling like i i couldn't really fathom it but it, it was cool it was fun yeah like if i shut my brain off and stopped thinking too much about it it's like oh yeah it works but then when i was listening into it i was like I was like trying to count out, like, okay, here's the beat, and what? what? How? How does that work? Yeah, I was counting like one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's working. <laughs> it was confusing because I, yeah, I was always trying to count it. Um, I almost, I should have played it to my dad because my dad's a drummer. And he used to do this thing when I was growing up where he would play a song and then be like, and what's, what time signature is this? And I'd have to try and work it out. Um, but it, yeah, it was slightly confusing, but it also, it kind of reminded me of uh, like almost like jazz where you have that kind of slightly offbeat and, and things like that, which I, I quite liked. It's like, just like another little like, genre thrown in, um, which I also felt uh, was on like the last track as well, which I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of S Una Fantasia. Very sorry to all Spanish speaking people. Um but it had almost like a slight jazz vibe to it. It was also like a bit weird, particularly as a closer, but I really enjoyed that. There's kind of, I don't know, like this this beat that kind of like drops in and out, which, yeah, was just kind of interesting. Um, and again, you've got like his really lovely vocals uh, that, again, just like as with the rest of the album, are just like really gorgeous to listen to um again this one is is also in spanish so not going to attempt to work out what was being said but the delivery is really really lovely and you get this kind of these like weird like acoustic guitar vibes coming in that kind of contrast with that weird beat and it it's also long i think it's the longest track on the record so it felt like quite 
uh, like a brave one to end the album on, but I think it works really well because it kind of encapsulates a lot of what's happening on the rest of the record um, and still brings in like another layer of interest in that final track rather than just being like a like a summary of, of everything else. It's like, you know, we're still, you know, we're still working. We're still doing something fun and interesting here. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I liked how it, it did do something really different and it really separated out all of the melodic elements, kind of this airy, light, like ethereal sound to it. And then the drums have like the most thump of anything on the album. Like they're <laughs> really impactful with like heavy compression. And it, yeah, it just had this nice kind of contrast between those two things. And yeah, I completely agree. I I like that you did something different on the last track and didn't just let it kind of sum up everything that's come before because it, it means that, you know, as we listen through, there's one more different flavour to enjoy on this, on this record. Right, let's wrap up our review by ranking the album. Currently, the album rankings stand as at number five, Sprints with Letter to Self, number four, Glass Beach with Plastic Death, number three, Office Dog with Spiel, number two, Vacations with No Place Like Home, and number one, Katie Kirby with Blue Raspberry. Where do we want to put Phaser? I think this is an interesting album to compare with last week's one, because last week I said if an album comes along with a kind of cohesive interesting unique sound it's probably going to pip this one and that's basically where i'm at this week where as much as i enjoy the other one songwriting wise and i think it's incredibly well written ultimately i'm i'm gonna defer to the the sonic texture of something (laughs) and this one just speaks to me on a on a deeper level in terms of that where it, it has a unique sound and the moment you hear one of these songs, you know it's a track from this album. Um, and I, you know, it's only going to get better when the weather gets better. So that's where I'm at. I very much respect where you're coming from there. I think I'm going to go down the other route of, I, re- I really do enjoy this record. I think, again, you're right. It's It's one that, I think like Vacations as well, I'm going to listen to this one a lot more in summer. But I I love a lyric and there was just something about, well, actually, no, there were lots of things <laughs> about Katie Kirby's record that I think just kind of spoke to me on a kind of more personal level in terms of like my preference when it comes to albums and things like that. Um, so I would put this one at number two. But yeah, well, I completely agree with everything you're saying it's just like personal preference i'm like i just need to be emotionally ruined by some lyrics and that's what i got from blue raspberry yeah i i think this album probably has a lot more like longevity than some of the other albums on this list like we keep talking about how it's like a good summer album but i think i think we well we kind of put it across but i think it is good all around here as as well it is a cozy album, but it is also like a summary album at the same time. Um, but yeah, like like you say, Al, like for me, the full package wasn't entirely there. I'm very happy to listen to this album, and the more I listen to it, I think the more I'm going to enjoy it. But right now, I'm not. I'm not feeling number one. I'm feeling like number three. <laughs> 
yeah i can't i can't really argue <laughs> with any any of it 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 does come down to like personal preference of kind of what what you value the highest in terms of your listening experience and l i i know you prefer the lyrics so i can't argue that blue raspberry's got that in spades and it's in that that aspect it's way better than this album and and yeah james if you're coming in with a you know you're maybe disappointed that it's not similar to his previous stuff. I've been in that position in the past, so. <laughs> it is a tricky one, though, because it is it is a really solid album, um, and I do enjoy it. So there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no disrespect happening here. Well, there we go. Halado Negro's Phaser goes in at number two. Right, let's get on to upcoming releases. What's out this week that you need to know about? First off, the one I'm most excited for, MGMT are releasing their new album, Loss of Life. It sounds very different from their last one, which was um, amazing. Little Dark Age, I think, is my favourite of their albums at this point. Um, but they're taking quite a different approach. This album sounds a lot more organic in terms of using like physical instruments. Um, and I'm quite excited to hear what they're putting out because, I mean... You, you never really know what to expect with MGMT, which makes them quite an exciting band because they could do anything, but you can be pretty sure it's going to be good. Next up, Real Estate are releasing their new album, Daniel. It seems like quite a shift from what they've been doing recently. I've not been hugely enjoying their last few records where they've been trying to be maybe a bit more of like a jam band and they've been like dipping into more kind of synth poppy tracks. Um, so maybe this one will get me back into them. But for me, like Days, Atlas and their self-titled, I guess, were like amazing. Some of my favorite albums in mind I enjoyed and was kind of a bit of a departure. And then from there, it's kind of gone downhill. I don't think this one's going to do it, but hopefully it'll be good. Next up, if you want some Americana, Hooray for the Riff Raff is releasing a new album. It's called The Past is Still Alive. Um, not listened to much of their previous stuff, but I've listened to the singles from this and it sounds good. Next up, uh, pop punk slash emo band Shoreline are releasing an album. It's called To Figure Out. I think it's their debut. Um, so if you're into that kind of stuff, it might be worth trying. And finally, Glitter which is the project from the bassist from Title Fight, uh, are releasing a new record. It's called Rationale. So that's it for upcoming releases, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thanks for having us. If you like the show, you can subscribe on your podcast service of choice. New episodes come out every Monday, but if you're likely to forget, you can turn on notifications to be reminded. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Souvenir by Omni. <laughs>